Hello, and welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Today, we're coming to you live from my basement, <laughs> the basement of my of my house, uh, because we're in the coronavirus uh, stage of, of life, uh, the coronacation, as Coach Grady Breen talked about on our podcast together. That is, he is at Open Cross Plant on Twitter. Shout out to Coach Grady, Grady Breen, the coronacation. That's awesome. This is a unique time in history for us, people that are living right now, uh, obviously. But this is not the first time that we've been quarantined, right, as a group of people, as a society. Uh, Coach Bryce Casto, who is at Bryce Casto on Twitter, he sent me a, an article yesterday about how during the Spanish flu, people were quarantined, people got sick, obviously a lot of people died, and then how the Spanish flu epidemic changed pro baseball, changed football uh, for the better, really. Actually, Babe Ruth left and went from the Red Sox, who won the World Series in 1918, and then went to the New York Yankees and started their run, their run of, of dominance. But it was a really, really cool article that I drew a lot of meaning from. And it helped me to put it in perspective that this will not last forever. I think sometimes we think, oh man, this is how it's always going to be. And we get a sense of dread when we think that every day is going to be like today. That every day is just going to be a repeat of the day before and that is not true that every day has its its own challenges new challenges and it's our job just to embrace what's coming at us i know for me it's been a this corona time has been a time to reflect uh to talk to a bunch of coaches that are that are very very wise uh, to get on my google docs and put together things like my special teams depth chart looking at documents for next season, uh, how we're going to organize the season whenever that comes, and practice and things of that nature, and how we're going to make sure that we have the best plan possible when this all ends, because this will end. That is, that's a fact. Like, this will end. This will not go on forever. The bubonic plague ended, and so did the Spanish flu. So the coronavirus will end now. May we have to have a vaccine? Sure, absolutely. You know, we need a vaccine for the measles, for smallpox, uh, for all kinds of things. So the medical community will rise to the occasion. There will be a vaccine eventually, and we will go about our business. Now, will it look exactly the same as it looked before? I don't know. The economy obviously is not doing great, but we can. Just continue to move forward and try to be better today than we were yesterday as far as our mindset, our spirituality. I'm reading a, the Bible a lot more now since there's there's some downtime, right? We're at home. Uh, for me, it's I'm either reading, I'm doing live conferences for my students, I'm recording conferences for my students, I'm doing football stuff, I'm talking with my 
kids, playing with my kids, talking with my wife, uh, or I'm, I'm running, right? We have trails next to our house, so I'm getting back in, in, in good cardiovascular shape because I know for me in the winter, I like to lift weights, and I think that, oh, yeah, I'm strong, and then I realize in the spring, I've just put on a bunch of weight I don't need to put on, so uh, it's good to, to be back and to be to be running, and it's really interesting how Events that totally shake shake us up, that totally disrupt life, can get us back on track to the things that are important to us. I know I've, I've talked about on this podcast is my faith is super important to me, uh, being a Christian, and then it's also super important for me to be healthy. And for me, that's keeping weight down, being an ex lineman. I like to keep my weight down so my joints feel better. So. Who knows if I'll go and lift weights again next off season because I need to get some of this weight off. My knees and my ankles were telling me telling me something. So that's enough about about that about me. Let's get into uh, first of all giving plugs for some content I put out on YouTube and get into our topic today, which is which is disruption. So a couple things I've I've put out on YouTube, which are linked to my Twitter page. Again, my Twitter page is at mind of a fb coach and i'll put that in the description of this podcast the one that is pinned to my profile is coach hayes really giving a lot of good wisdom about uh, what he does with his program how they run their offense defense special teams his culture i called i call him the pj fleck of west virginia high school football i think that's true i think he does a really good job of setting their culture and then the one I just put up, if you scroll my feed to the last thing I, I put up, that's a gun wing tee video by Coach Jason Ryan. That's as good as anything you'll see on Glazier or Nike Clinic. He does a really good job in our Zoom conversation of showing film, talking through different uh, different scenarios that uh, they or different ways, excuse me, they use their their wing tee offense. Uh, shout out to to Coach Ryan, good friend of mine. He's the offensive coordinator at Willing Central Catholic. They just came off a three-peat. They just won their third state championship in a row. Obviously, they do some things that are really, really good. And he talks a lot about what makes them have a lot of success at Central Catholic. And he's very transparent about that. And I really appreciate his friendship, first and foremost, and uh, and his honesty. Uh, we've become friends over this this past this past year and it's been really really good so those are a couple things uh, I've done and also I had a conversation with coach Ben Neal on that same on my Twitter my Twitter wow on my YouTube page and he's also on there as well really good conversation with a college football coach talks about how we can be better high school coaches how we can help our kids get recruited and just some really good nuggets of wisdom again that's a that's a zoom conversation i recorded and i put on youtube it's a it's a cool video of me and him having a conversation if there's other coaches out there that want to be on a zoom conversation i put up on on youtube that would be that would be fantastic i'd love to put you up on there if you want to present film that's great as well uh that would be spectacular. We're just trying to get the word out about different schemes, about different ways people are are doing, um, you know, their different 
types of offense, defense, special teams, program philosophy, and just putting good content out there for free. Because I, I know for me, I don't like paying for stuff. I got two kids, right? And they, you know, we we spend enough money on them, and then there's you got to pay your mortgage and all that stuff. And I'm not knocking people that want to have people pay for their material. I that's that's fine. I, I understand that. You want to make an extra buck. You put a lot of time into it. Great. Fantastic. My avenue is I want it to be free so people can just become better coaches, better people, and uh, just get the get the game of football going the right direction and get their, you know, get their business. Because you can, you can take a lot of these principles and, and use it as a business principle uh, or whatever your livelihood is right so today we're going to talk about a word now i like sometimes just to use a word uh, for the podcast and today the word and i just googled this uh, is disruptive so that means causing or tending to cause disruption and the the corona virus is obviously very disruptive so our lives you know here in west virginia school ended like face-to-face school ended March 13th. So we've been at home since then. It's almost a month. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, but then, so life has looked different and then it has caused people to not have jobs, right? People have lost jobs because of this. People have, um, lost income. People are having trouble paying the bills. And then it's also made us as teachers evaluate how, do we teach our content? How do we reach our students? West Virginia is one of the poorest states in the country. And this may surprise people that are listening to this podcast over on a podcast app right over Wi-Fi that there's a decent percentage of our students that do not have Wi-Fi in their house. And how do we educate them? How do we treat them with fairness, right, with being equitable, right, with their education, because it's not the student's fault that they don't have Wi-Fi. So how do we make sure that we are being equitable with grading, right? How do we make sure that we try to help people continue to move forward and have uh, an educational experience? And those are all really good discussions that we're having. We've printed off paper packets. We've done a bunch of different different things uh, with that. And then... I think about for football, what does this look like? I know I know for us and for pretty much every program, we were in some sort of lifting, running, conditioning period, and that just got bam, shut down. So, you know, what does that look like? How do we try to motivate our kids without being next to them to stay in shape, to use some body weight workouts, to keep running? To do all those sorts of things, and that that's hard, right? I, we download. I downloaded an app on my phone. Uh, it's called the Home Workout for Men, and I I've given the link to our players, and then showed them how to use it, like with a picture uh, of you can do arms and chest, ab, abs workout, shoulder and back, leg workout, and it's it's from home. It's without weight, so that's one thing I was trying to give to my players to help them stay in shape. Some of my players, they're working out on their own. 
with their uh, like their dads helping them work out. They're running. They have like some weights in their in their basement. But not all of our players have weights at their house, right? So this looks very 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 different than how it looked a year ago. That we were in the weight room, we were running, we were lifting, doing those sorts of things. And now this year it looks totally different. And then that makes my mind think, well, how does how does weights and lifting look different when we get back from this? Because this will not always go on, right? This will end. So I know for me, I got on my, my Google Drive and I started changing our workouts because when we get back, we have to get ready to play football games. Because football, I believe, is going to be played in August. I think our schedule will be played on the, the same dates it was originally scheduled. Now, that could change. I could be wrong. But that's cool. It's cool to be wrong because uh, we're all going to be wrong. We just need to make a make an assessment if our, if our you know hypothesis changes. So be it. But when we come back, hopefully in the summer, we're going to have to get guys ready to get out on a football field and go play. Uh, as opposed to... In an off-season program, you're building, let's say you're building hypertrophy, muscular size, and you're building some muscular endurance, and then you get into more football-specific drills, and there's a progression. Well, when we come back, our guys need to be ready to go. So we have to skip some of the, the steps of our progress and then just go right into, hey, we're trying to help our guys just be able to play football and stay and stay healthy because one thing that could happen if you're not lifting or running is you get a lot of soft tissue injuries. If you come back too fast and your guys aren't in shape, they haven't been conditioning. So those are things we have to take into account. And the unknown can be scary, but I think it's fun. So we have to be able to be flexible to be able to help our players be the best that they can be in a time where a lot is unknown and I have a group text with my coaches like I'm sure most coaches do we've been texting back and forth about offense scheme defensive scheme and you know at Nitro I've talked about this before in the podcast our roster turns over a good bit every year and one thing I continue to talk to our coaches about is we have to be willing to to be flexible because we're a school that kids transfer out of kids transfer into our communities pretty transient. Uh, we have a lot of kids that move in and out of our community. We have a lot of low income housing. So those are some things that happen and we have to be willing to be flexible to put our players in, the, in a position to be successful. And this disruption has allowed me to look at, Hey, what are ways that we can maximize the players that we have and be able to be as successful as possible as a football team? Because every team has different personnel. So I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple days ago, and the guy was talking about you can't just take somebody's program philosophy from another school and put it in yours and expect it to work because every school is different. So you have to be able to mold that into who you have on your roster. What is your situation? What's the, the dynamic of your school? What's the dynamic of your coaching staff? And then mold it to help your team be the best it can be. 
which during this time where, where we have more time to, to sit and think or be on our computer or do football stuff, right, for us coaches, that we can get a lot of information and we can build our playbook to be a thousand pages. But then we have to think about what can we get our players to do and how are we going to install that and be good at it during organized chaos, which is what a football game is. A football game is organized chaos, right? It's not going to go perfectly. So what can your players execute, which comes down, which comes back to what can we practice and become good at and then execute during a game? So this disruptive period has really helped me to go through and start to process a lot of this as we look forward to the next season. And my, my assistant coaches know that too, because I keep like blowing their phone up with text messages with thoughts and ideas. And um, that's, but I think that's part of it, right? We have to go through and really dive into a bunch of different ideas to find out what is best for us. And I, I was thinking about an example. I was listening to somebody talk about what it takes to be a country music star. And we see as the consumer just the songs that make it to the, on the CD, right? Well, not a CD anymore, just on like the iTunes, right? Or the Spotify or whatever. The songs that make it on the album. But what we don't realize is that if there's 15 songs on an album, they probably wrote 40. <laughs> and, the, and the 25 or 30 that weren't good enough or that didn't make the, the cut, but they had to write 40 songs or 50 songs to get the 10, 12, 15, however many songs are on the album for the album to be published, to have their, to have their, their good 10, but they had to write the 40 because it always takes more time to create a good product than we think it will take, right? We have to put in a ton of work to have something worthwhile in the end. I think about this as far as something as simple as cooking, right? It takes out an hour or hours, right, to cook like a gourmet meal, but you can eat that thing in five minutes. So it's the same thing with football for me. We're going to put in this time, all this time throughout the year to mold our program into something that all of our players and coaches can execute but it takes all of that time so like this disruptive time it takes this time to be able to have a program that is efficient and effective so that to me hit me like a ton of bricks like we have this time that we are not doing not we're not going to school there's not after school workouts so what are we doing with this time and for me, it's creating material either on Google Drive or I'm writing things down or putting stuff on Huddle. And then I'm going through and saying, hey, I like this. I don't like this. This may fit us. This may not. How do we streamline it and how do we make it, a, how do we make it systematic so our players eventually have the answer before we do, right? They know what plays being called or hey, we're going to do this lift today because this is how we do things because it's 
it's really important for me as a coach, the older I get, to try to make things as systematic as possible so your players know what's coming. Things are predictable in practice, the weight room, so that now they can focus on mastering their task. Now, games are organized chaos, which that's the way it should be, right? Because we're both trying to beat each other. But then, because the way you practice is organized, systematic, players know when we get this part of the field, maybe it's this down distance, these are the plays that we have run, right, that are successful. Offense, defense, special teams, right? Because then they will take ownership of it and they know, hey, if we run this, we should be successful because we have done it. And this disruptive period has really helped me as a coach to go back and think about, hey, what makes us successful, right? What is going to make us successful? And then how can we move our program forward? So thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. I'll put this up here shortly. Uh, but man, I, I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate people on Twitter reaching out and uh, us sharing all of the great ideas that people have. And then it's up to us as coaches of our programs to say, hey, what helps us be the best that we can be?